Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. You know, I was thinking in my seat a couple moments ago, I was like, what's crazy is that a doctor can save your life, a lawyer can defend your life, a soldier can give you a peaceful life, but it's only God that can give you everlasting life. Isn't that amazing? I'm thinking that there's this quote of an atheist that, how many know Billy Graham? This atheist told Billy Graham, he said, if Christianity is valid, why is there so much evil in the world? And you know what Billy Graham replied back to this atheist? He said these words, with so much soap, why is there so many dirty people in the world? Isn't that crazy? So I just came here to tell you, Christianity, like soap, is supposed to be personally applied to our lives if we're going to make it of good use. Amen. So I'm coming here tonight to just exhort you, to lift you up, to fire you up, just for you to receive this fire and passion. Let it be ignited in you by the Holy Spirit that people out there need what we carry. So we got to get a passion to go save some souls. Come on, somebody. They're not coming in here. We need to go out and get them. So many people in the world. Why is there so much evil with, with so much soap? He said, why is there so many dirty people in the world? God just wants to clean you up. He wants to renew you. He wants to restore you. He wants to heal you. And he wants to fill you with a fire, a holy fire, so that you can do all that he's called you to do. You might be here tonight saying, Matt, I have never had a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit. Listen, this is what I'm going to say to you. When you encounter the Holy Spirit, he convicts us of what he does is he convicts us of our sin. And he shows us that none of us in this place can live up to the righteousness of Jesus. And he shows you the judgment coming to those who die without a savior. So I just want to let you know that tonight, who knows that this could be your last night on this earth. The Bible says that tomorrow is not promised to no man. I just want you to let loose tonight and allow the Holy Spirit to come in. When you accept the free gift of salvation, you confess your sins to God. It is the Holy Spirit's job to produce Christ-likeness in you. It's the Holy Spirit that regenerates your dead inner human spirit, which now becomes sensitive to the spiritual things of God. I don't know about you, but I want a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God. I want a fresh move of God in my heart because that's where it starts. He comes in your heart and he begins to remove things that aren't like him. He begins to take out things that are just, uh, it's detrimental to your calling. It's not, it's, it hinders you. It pushes you back. This is what he wants to do to you tonight. He wants to rip off everything in your life that's not like him so that you can finally be free to do what he's called you to do. Are you with me? Oftentimes, a lot of us come in the house of God and we have just things holding us down, all of this weight. And I'm thinking to myself, no runner will run a race carrying a heavy bag. You got to hear me tonight. We're called to run this race marked out for us with perseverance. But so many of us are dragging so many things with us, all this baggage with us, all of this hurt, everything from the past. And I just believe that God is saying tonight that the plans I have for you are so much more greater than the plans that you have for yourself. Lay all your baggage at this altar tonight and allow God to set you free, fill you with the Holy Ghost, and send you out to do everything he's called you to do. Do you believe that? Or is it just me, Isaiah, tonight? I don't know. Are we the only ones? 
I came here, listen, I, I'm in full-time ministry. I travel full-time. I live in Chicago. I'm 23 years old, going to be 24. And I have this fire burning passionately in my heart for Jesus because he saved my life. And I believe we have to understand the word. Isaiah always says it, not to be casual with the presence of God, not to be casual with Jesus. I don't know about you, but every time I walk in the doors of the house of God, I want a spiritual awakening to happen in my heart. I don't want to get casual with him. This is in the back room. We were all praying. And Isaiah said, this is nothing normal. We reverence God. And I believe every time we come in this house, we need to have something new, something different. So tonight, I just want to encourage you. Let God do something new in you. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the same routines. I'm tired of going through the same uh, the same schedule of coming in. We hear a good word and we leave. We're feeling good about ourselves. All that's great. But I want God to do something he hasn't done before. I want to see something that I haven't seen before. Am I the only one in this place who's preaching to myself? I know I came here with my own amen, but I just need somebody to say, me too. Come on, touch your neighbor say, me too. I want, I want a fresh fire. When Isaiah comes up here, I want you just to realize that the time that we're living in, God is doing something new. In our generation, what God is doing is not like what many people are used to. He's doing something different, something that's not ordinary because he can do whatever he wants. Somebody believe that he's on the throne, you're not on the throne. I don't know about you, but I'm not God. I don't have the last say on how he can save somebody, how somebody can come to know the Lord. It's his job and his job only. Therefore, he can choose what he wants to do with a move of God. He could choose how how he moves, when he moves, who he moves through, who he talks to. I don't know about you, but I want to be a mouthpiece for the kingdom of God. I want to be a voice in my generation. And I just say all of this to say this. God wants you to be a voice as well. God wants you to be effective in your generation. God wants you to be effective in your neighborhoods. You know what's crazy, Isaiah? So many people, they claim to be Christians, but their neighbors don't know that they're a Christian. We're claiming to be Christians, but... People don't even see our fruit. People don't even know the God that we serve. My life, that was me growing up in the church. For so many years, I was just claiming to be a Christian, but I did not know God on a personal level. But when I had my personal encounter, then I realized that I know the God that my parents told me about. I have an I'm having an encounter with the God of the universe, and I believe that's the same thing with you tonight. Many of you have been, just become casual. You've been coming in here, and nothing's wrong with you. You love God. You you, you want to have a passion. You, you, you long for him. But I'm telling you, God wants to break you out of your comfort zone because it's on the other side of your comfort zone that you can step in your destiny. It's on the outside of your comfort zone that you can begin to be used in ways that you'd never imagined. Anybody want to be used like they've never been used before? So this is what we're all about tonight. Revival, awakening, God just igniting something in us where it just causes us to go out there with a fresh hunger for the word of God, a new hatred for sin, saying, God, I just want your presence in my life. I don't want anything else to be first place, but I want you to be first place in my life. I believe that there's going to be such a move of God in this place these next few days that it's going to cause you to get all of your priorities straight. I don't know about you, but I want that in my life. I want a revival that causes me to actually 
get my, my priorities straight in my life. Is that something that you want to do? Because I, I know I don't want my life to be the same. Every time I come in here every day out here in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, I want something different when I leave. I want to say, God, I want to hear you like I haven't heard you before. I want to, I want to know things. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. God, do something in my heart because people are waiting on what you called me to do. You hear me tonight? I'll close with this. People are waiting on what God has called you to do. Think about that for a second. Before Isaiah comes up there, let that marinate in your spirit. This whole service. People are waiting on what God has called me to do. But Matt, I'm scared and I'm afraid of what can go wrong. You know what I tell people? Stop being afraid about what can go wrong and start getting excited about what can go right. Oh, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. You, sometimes fear just grips us believers from actually stepping out of our comfort zone and saying, hey, I just feel in my heart, this is what I, I think God is saying to you. I feel he's saying this to you in the season of your life. I feel like he wants to do this uh, in your family. I just feel like you have pain in your body in this place. And it's all about you stepping out of your comfort zone. Man, we love being in our comfort zone. But isn't it amazing that God is not concerned with our comfort? He's concerned with our obedience. I believe after this next few services this weekend, God's going to just give you a passion to obey him in the, in the public place. He's going to give you a passion to say, uh-oh, I, I know this person needs Jesus, so I, I know that I've got him living in me. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to end with this right here. I, I just said that a couple minutes ago, but I want to tell you this right here. When people meet you, they should meet him. When people meet you, is it going to make them want to know Jesus? Think about that. When people meet you outside here, wherever you are, in your workplace, at home, your neighbors, you go to your mailbox. When they meet you, do they want to know Jesus? Is that going to make them want to fall in love with God? Is that going to make them want to know who he is? Is that going to make them want to know that this God that created me loves me and knows all the numbers of hairs on my head? Is it going to make them want to really truly have a love for this man named Jesus? This man with eyes of fire, the man that, that knows everything. He knows what's going to happen before it happens. Are you going to actually have an interaction like that? First, we need a passion in a fire, and that's going to be ignited in you tonight. So without further ado, I just want everybody in this place to give a big, warm, Wisconsin cold welcome to my friend and brother Isaiah Saldivar as he comes up to bring the word tonight. Come on. Let's crank that gain up on the mic. Praise the Lord. Let's crank that mic up. Come on, let's give them some praise tonight. Come on, who came excited? There we go, just keep it cranked up. Who came excited tonight? I don't know about you, but I'm believing for the fresh power and the anointing and the fire of God. I came hungry. I came desperate. You could take your seat and stand at any moment. I don't want to make, I know some of you a little bit older. I don't want to make you, thank you for that volume. I love that. I don't want to make you stand. But I do want to challenge you tonight that there is freedom to praise how you want to praise. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is that there is liberty. That means I don't have to stay where I'm at tonight. I don't have to give God a half 
half-hearted praise. I don't have to give him a watered-down praise. I don't have to give him a weak praise. I could be excited. I could be on the edge of my seat for what God is saying and what God, just keep it up, and what God wants to do, that there is something being released right now on the earth. You might look at me and Matt and say, what's the shouting for? What's the radical yelling and the dancing and the screaming and the getting sweaty? Friend, you got to understand that God is up to something. I want to come as a son of this house. I'm not coming as a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher, but I'm coming as a spiritual forecaster that we have been traveling, we've been seeing God move, and I'm telling you that there is a move of the Holy Spirit like never before breaking out, that there is a move of miracles breaking out, there are salvations breaking out, that God is releasing a fresh passion, He is releasing a fresh fire in the house of God. I've only been traveling for nine years on fire for the Lord, but I could tell you that what we are seeing right now in this hour is something that the world has never seen. The days of coming to church and giving Him an average praise, the days of coming to church and giving Him a half-hearted shout and a half-hearted worship are over. The days of us coming in here and letting Jesus being an add-on to our life are over. I'm telling you, God is raising, I'll preach to myself tonight, God is raising up a new passion and a new fire in His house that God says that it is only by my power and by my spirit. We are not here for entertainment. We are here for the presence and the power of God that there is only one name that has power. There is only one name that the demons tremble at. There is only one name that could save. One name that could deliver. One name that could break every chain. I don't care if you came in here addicted. I don't care if you came in here strung out. You may be having anxiety. Who am I preaching to? Am I at the right place? You may be dealing with depression. You may be dealing with stress. But I'm telling you that at the name of Jesus, every demonic power is broken. At the name of Jesus, every demonic power has to bow. At the name of Jesus, every wrong becomes a right. It is only by His Spirit. It is only by His power. I love what the Bible says. It says there is a day coming in the day of power where God's people will be volunteers. There's coming a day and I prophesy over this house where we're not going to have to beg you to get involved. We're not going to have to beg you to praise. We're not going to have to beg you to worship. We're not going to have to beg you to come to prayer. Come on, every pastor should shout me down right there. We're not going to have to beg you to give. We're not going to have to beg you to be involved at the school. We're not going to have to beg you to be involved at whatever we're doing. But you're going to recognize the day of power. You're going to recognize the hour that we are living in and say, I want to volunteer. I'm not praising because I have to. I'm praising because I get to. I'm not shouting because I have to. I'm shouting because I can. The ingredients for a miracle, the ingredients for a move of God are desperation and expectation. 
Desperation. You can keep it up. Desperation. I'm desperate for a move of God. I'm listening. We travel full time. We've been traveling full time for the last five months. I've been in a different state every weekend for five months straight and then all of next month. And friend, I come here tonight and I am not interested in having an average nice little service where we give you a nice fortune cookie prophecy. I'm not interested in hearing a cute message about how God wants to add on and be just a part of your life. I'm not interested in having an altar call where nobody gets delivered, nobody gets healed, and nobody gets saved. There are plenty of churches all over the city that will give you a nice watered down message that aren't going to challenge your compromise, aren't going to challenge your sin, aren't going to challenge the status quo. But tonight I am in this place saying, God, Isaiah Saldivar needs a fresh encounter. Isaiah Saldivar needs a fresh fire. I came desperate for God. Did anybody come desperate? Did anybody come hungry? Y'all are making it hard tonight. Did anybody come saying, God, I need you to move in my marriage. I need you to move in my body. I need you to move in my family. I didn't come going, God, well, if you feel like it, it'll be cool. I came so desperate. I said, God, if you don't show up, I can't make it. If your presence does not manifest in my life, see, you have to get to a place where you come to church and you say, I am not coming in casually. The sun will burn your eyes from 92 million miles away. Yet we casually come in the presence that made the sun and act like it is not a big deal. In Isaiah 6, when he saw him, he said, God, you are holy. You are unlike any other God. You are not like my job. You are not like my favorite movie. You are holy. You're, oh, you're holy, not my iPhone. You're holy, not my Netflix. God is the only one that is to be exalted. He is the only one that is to be praised. And I'm going to respond with more passion to him than I do at a football game. I'm going to respond with more passion to him than I do over my favorite movie. I'm going to respond with more passion to God. We look at all the things that we're passionate about and we come to church and we're kind of like well God you know I, I don't really feel it and I'm kind of tired and I don't understand and I don't really realize that there are lives at stake and that there are people waiting on you to be radical there are people waiting on you to praise that there are people waiting on you to get obedient and to get serious about God if there were not lives at stake we would not be up here shouting if it was just all about you we would not be up here radically preaching but you got to understand that there are eternities on the other other side of your obedience. See, I didn't realize nine years ago when I was an atheist that there were hundreds of thousands of lives that God called me to impact. And if I did not say yes, then there were lives at stake. There is a generation dying while the church is playing. Well, we do the same thing every single week. And we're wondering why nobody's getting delivered around us. We're wondering why nobody is getting saved around us. But God is about to do something new new. God is about to do something fresh. And our greatest fear, I was telling pastor in the back of the hour needs to be missing out on what God is doing. We need to be more afraid of missing the move of God than we are missing our overtime shift. We need to be more afraid at missing the move of God than we are whether we're going to pay our bills or not. We need to be more afraid of missing what God is saying and what God is doing. God is speaking. God is a God of new. New. 
You know what new means? New means new. It means new in the Greek. It means new in the Hebrew. It means new in Spanish. It means new in English. It means it's never been done before. I just got the new Air- AirPod Pros just the other day. I wanted the old ones, but they didn't fit in my ears. I'm always traveling, so I got the new ones. And they said, you got to understand, these are not like the old ones. The old ones did not fit. These ones actually stay in your ears. The old ones did not have noise cancellation. These ones do. There are features that are new that have never been seen before or done before. It's what the earth would call innovation. And God is releasing innovation over the body of Christ. Just this week, like never before in nine years of preaching and being saved, I've been getting download like never before of innovation that God wants me to do next year to reach people with the gospel. God has given me download and strategies on how we are going to reach the unreachable. And it's not just going to be gathering for a conference and prophesying over the same people. Listen, I love Pentecost. I love being Pentecostal. But I'm tired of watching people fall over addicted and getting up addicted. I'm tired of watching people bound to pornography and sin. Get a prophetic word but not get deliverance. I'm tired of sick people coming in. Am I at the right place? And watching sick people leave. I'm tired of demon-possessed people not getting deliverance in the house of God. We are here tonight to get empowered for the move of God. We are here tonight so that God's anointing and God's power would empower us so we could reach this community. The Bible never said, invite the lost to church. It says, send the church to the lost. Jesus did not bring them in. Jesus sent them out. Jesus said, I want every single one of you to go out with power and with authority. The problem is, if I'm not encountering God, how could my neighbor encounter God? If I'm not encountering his power, his presence, his anointing on an everyday basis, friend, you got to understand that it bankrupt heaven for you to be able to come tonight and enter into the presence of God. It is not a cheap or a casual thing for us to be able to come tonight and experience the presence and the power of God. You have the ability to push past the priest, to walk past the brazen altar, and to go through the veil that has been torn. You have all access into the kingdom of God. You have the same spirit that raised Christ is now alive on the inside of you. How could we have an average service when God is here? How could we have a normal Sunday when God is here? I want all that God has. I am done settling am I at the right place come on help me I am done settling for some of God when I could have all of God some of you are dry and dead and tonight God is going to reignite the flame God is going to reignite the passion God is going to reignite your hunger I know it's gone dormant but it's time for an awakening I know you've gotten weary but it's time to get back up and to have a fresh passion got tired, got weary, felt like giving up and God says not what I'm about to do, I'm about to do something new and I'm going to overlook and I'm going to pass by the church if the church isn't ready I've been preaching this thing for seven years I came the first time ever and I said God's getting ready to do something and the church is going to get passed by just like Luke 14 tells us Matthew 2, 22 tells us that there was an invite that went out, God invited his people, God will always invite his people before he invites the world in fact Paul got raised up, Paul was never going to go to the Gentiles but the Jewish people were so casual, so 
complacent and so dead in their own religion that Paul said, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. And the Jews said, why would you do that? He said, God sent me to the Gentiles to make you jealous. Do you know why God raises up firebrands in this hour? Do you know why God anoints preachers like me or like Matt? I'm not bragging. I'm not boasting. I'm letting you know it's to provoke the church to a holy jealousy. And so that you would see us and say, I want what they have. I'm tired of being lackadaisical about God. I'm tired of living flippantly. And if it happens, it happens. I want to apprehend the things that God has given me. If I've been given all things, I want all things. I want the presence and the power of God. I want to see disciples made. I want to drive out devils. I want to heal the sick. I want to raise the dead. I'm telling you the reason why you're bored in church is because you're doing it wrong. I'm bored. I don't know why we don't do this and I don't know why we don't do that. And I'm tired of going to church and I can't find one disciple that was bored because they were actually going out praying for the sick. They were actually driving out devils. They were actually seeing miracles. They actually had a relationship with Jesus. Yet we come to church and we think God is impressed by the fact that we give him an hour and a half. Now I'm no statistic major. I did graduate college. Praise the Lord. But I do know that there's 168 hours in every single week and we give God about an hour and a half. I don't know the exact math on that, but that's a little bit over 1%. You can come tell me the exact math later. We give God a little bit more than 1% of our time. Pastor, I am so tired of people coming to me and thinking that I should be impressed by the fact they show up every week. Half my team struggles to even show up on the once a week service. And I'm going, if you struggle to come to one service once a week, I wonder if there's really a prayer life at home. I wonder if there's really a relationship at home. I love extravagant praise. I love extravagant worship. But oftentimes I see people praising and I'm going, I wonder if they praise the way at church. I wonder if they praise that way at home. I wonder if the hunger that we have in here, does it go out and does it transcend into our everyday life? Because let me prophesy this over you. This new flame and this new thing God is releasing is not a revival for in the house. It's a revival for outside the house. God wants to release fire in your marriage. He wants to release revival in your finances. He wants to release revival in your living room. He wants to release revival everywhere you go. He does not, he's not so much interested on what we do for an hour and a half. So we praise for an hour and a half. We worship for an hour and a half. I pastor a church and I live in the church. So I could say this. We get excited for an hour and a half. We cry at the altar for an hour and a half. We give God our leftovers for an hour and a half. We bring him a lame offering and a lame praise. Although he rebuked the children of Israel, he said, you're bringing me lame offerings. In fact, they were bringing animals that were decrepit. They were bringing animals that were sick. And they were giving God the rest of them instead of the best of them. And God came to Israel and said, I don't want your lame offerings anymore. I am tired of your your lame sacrifices. I am tired of your lame worship and your lame praise. The Bible says, stop burning a worthless fire. I'm tired of it. He says, you would not give your governor what you give me. In other words, why is it that you work for your boss 12 hours a day, but we can't get you to show up for 30 minutes at a prayer meeting? Why is it you are so committed to your Netflix? You are. So, I knew y'all weren't going to shout there. So committed to your Instagram. So committed to your Facebook. But when will you be as committed to the app 
apple as you are to the word. When will you get to realize that although Eve fell because she ate the apple, we're falling because we're being consumed by the apple, that we are so absorbed and obsessed with the culture and the things of this world. And God says, I don't just want sacrifices. I want obedience. I want you to actually hear my word. I want you to actually get my word. I want your life to translate into fruit. I'm not just interested in you coming. I'm interested in you going. I'm not just interested in lip service. I want life service. Does my life look different than it did before Christ? Because we invite Jesus in our heart, but we leave the devil in our mind. We invite Jesus in our heart and we leave the devil on our television. We invite Jesus in our heart. Why isn't Jesus getting invited into your wallet? Why don't you invite him into your mouth? Why is it he's in your heart yet you still talk like the devil? You still talk like the culture. You still watch the same things. We send our kids to the same colleges. Our lives are really no different. But Paul says, I'm dead to this life. I don't care about this life. We have to get to a place where the eternal realm and the spiritual realm is more real than the life that we are living. you got to die to this life and say all I care about is the kingdom of God there is a holy obsession and there is a holy addiction to the things of God I don't need alcohol anymore I got Jesus I don't need drugs anymore I got Jesus I don't need religion anymore I got Jesus I need his presence and his power I need a real relationship not long distance you're going to have this like weird long distance relationship, kind of like that sixth grade relationship where you tell her friend to tell her something for you. Tell her I think she's cute. Then the friend goes to the girl and tells her what you told. And we're just kind of like always going through somebody. I'll tell the pastor, pastor, will you pray for me? Pastor, will you read this for me? And pastor, will you do this for me? And we're living with pacifiers in our mouth. We are living our life through a man behind a pulpit, but we don't read our Bibles every day. We don't have a prayer life. There's not a hunger for the more of God. And that's why over and over again, he says, hear what the spirit is saying to the church. The spirit is speaking, but we're too busy with all of our other noises that we're not listening. We're not listening to the new thing that God is going to do. And God, there is one thing about God. He's God. He does not care about passing people by. You think, well, I'm not going to be a part of it. Well, God goes, I'm still doing it with or without you. And you're going to have to make a choice. Am I going to be a part of this next revival? Am I going to be a part of this next move of God? Or am I going to sit back and watch God move and not be a part of it? What did Jesus say? about the wineskins. He said, you got to understand that when the new wine, this is in your Bible, the new wine is poured out. That we cannot pour the new wine, which is the move of the Holy Spirit, into old wineskins. Why? Because it will break the old wineskins, which means God actually cares about the old wineskin. And God says, I'm just going to put the old wineskin to the side and I'm only going to pour out a new wineskin. How scary is that when God puts you to the side and he lets you play religion and he lets you play church and he lets you keep going through the motions but he says I have to find somebody else to pour out the new thing I have to find somebody else to pour out my spirit because when the wine gets poured out it actually expands the wine skin that means your old religious way of how we do church the old religious way of how God should move God says I want to expand your capacity to understand what I'm doing in this hour if I'm doing a new thing it 
it's not going to look like the old thing. And you have to embrace what I'm doing. And that's why he told Isaiah, remember the former no more and forget the past. For I'm getting ready to do something new. God says, I'm getting ready to reach people in new ways. I'm getting ready to release a new passion. I'm getting ready to release a new fire. People say, Isaiah, every time I see you, you're just louder and more obnoxious and more crazy for God. And I go, you haven't seen anything yet because I'm getting ready to receive all that God has. I want to be the new wine skin. I want to be the new remnant. Our God doesn't change, but he's always up to something new. If Apple releases a new phone every year, why aren't we releasing anything new in the spirit? Why is it you've had the same praise and the same worship and the same routine and get upset in the same chair and go to the same places and witness to the same people and prophesy over the same people and hang out with the same people and watch the same movies and listen to the same music and work at the same job and do the same thing and expect God to do something different. And God says, no, this is an hour of new. I'm getting ready to do new. I'm getting ready to reach people on Facebook. We just did a Facebook live event three weeks ago with a friend of mine. We had 50,000 live viewers as we preach into a camera to a bunch of people that would have never come to our church church, a bunch of people that would never have listened to us. Yet God says, I'm going to give you strategies and downloads to reach people through the internet. And there's going to be a revival that's broken out. And it's already broke out this last week. That's going to be outside the church. Why is it outside the church? It's not because God does not love his church. By the way, God is coming back for one thing. That's a church. He's coming for back for a bride without spot, blemish or wrinkle. But God is beginning to pour out his power and his spirit on the people that would never be considered eligible for the move of God. Why? Because we find Find out in Luke 14, Matthew 22, that when the wedding invitation went out, the people he invited, the Bible says, were too busy to participate. The Bible says they all begin to make excuses. And this is what we always do when God calls us. Even now, as I'm saying, we need to get in prayer. We need to get in worship. We need to lay hands on the sick. We need to move and do things for God. You're thinking of all these excuses as to why you can't do what Jesus already said you're called to do. It's the same thing they did. They didn't receive the invite. Now understand, to be on the invite list, you actually have to know the person who's having the wedding. Some of you think that you're on the wedding invitation list and you don't even know the man at the wedding. You got to understand the only reason you invite people to your wedding is because you have a close relationship with them. I had almost 700 people on my invite list when me and my wife got married. Pastor Deb, I wanted to invite every person I met. I wanted to invite every pastor. I wanted to invite every person from the church, every person I ever prayed for. I mean, I was just on my Facebook sending out invites. And my wife said, honey, you got to understand. You can't just invite anybody. You have to invite those that you are close with. I'm like, well, I didn't know. I've never been married before. So this is all new for me. And we begin to cut off people. Now, it doesn't feel good to get cut off the wedding list. Come on, some of y'all know what I mean. Because you're still offended from four years ago when your cousin didn't invite you to the wedding. And you're mad. But you got to understand she didn't invite you because you don't have a relationship with her. Jesus might not, you might not even be on the list and you think you are, but is there a relationship? Is there communion? Is there time where I talk to him? I'm not talking about a prayer where I'm just asking him for things. I'm saying, am I on the wedding invite of the supper of the wedding of the lamb? Do I have a relationship? I don't want to be barely on the list. You know what I'm talking about when you make your wedding list and there's people like, I don't know about them. Let's just put them there. And you know, if it gets too tight, we'll just cut them out. I'm not trying to 
to be on the bottom of the list. I'm not trying to sit in the corner without a tablecloth at the wedding. I want to be invited to the king's banquet. I want to be invited to the move of God. I want to be a part of what God is saying, of what God is doing. I am tired of the excuses. It is time to put down the excuses and pick up our cross. It is time to stop gossiping and murmuring and complaining. I mean, if some of you just prayed as much as you complain, we would see a move of God in this hour. But God is saying, turn away the excuses. Turn away all the reasons why, well, my family, you know, we weren't raised. It doesn't matter. Read the people that God chose. God, why'd you choose me? And then I go, wow, you, you didn't go to the school of prophets. The Bible says he overlooked the school of prophets and he raised up tax collectors. He raised up fishermen. He raised up businessmen. Why? Because he wanted to raise people up that would not take credit for what he's doing. What God has done in my own personal life is so ridiculous. I can't even take credit if I wanted to. He says, I will take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. This whole Kanye West thing, this is an act of God. God is releasing revival. I prophesy that he turned Hollywood into Hollywood. Why? Because God says, I will reach this world. If the church doesn't do it, I'm going to do it. So I will put my spirit, I'll put my word on somebody and I'll get them to preach where nobody else would preach. I'll get them on Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and this show and that show. And I will let my word be spoken. I will let my name, Jesus is King, be at Times Square. I am the God that does what I want. The God that does when I want with who I want and I refuse to let this move of God pass me by I refuse to sit on the sidelines when I was made for the front lines I am ready for all that God has but it's going to take God breaking my old mindset it's going to take God breaking the way that I communicate and the way that I know him and say God I need you to do something new in me I need a new praise and a new fire I need a new shout and a new wind and a new wine and a new flame I need the move of God like never before. I wonder if there's anyone in this place that says, God, we want all that you have. God, we want you to do a new thing in us. I'm willing to press my way through. I'm willing to push my way through. I am desperate for you to move. I am desperate for your power. If I could only touch the hem of his garment, if I could only experience just a taste, just a taste, So here's my question to you tonight. When's the last time you've experienced him? When's the last time you've gone in your face and said, God, you are holy. Job said, my ears heard about you, but now my eyes see you. Isaiah said, I looked up and the the train of his robe filled the temple. That he is holy. I'm not holy. He is holy. I recognize that there's error in my life. I recognize there's compromise in my life. I am so tired of walking on all day long with my head down. I'm tired of living this culture that is so disconnected from the things of God. It is time for the church to power off their phones and power up the Holy Ghost. It is time for the church to break out of gossip. It's time for the church to break out of drama. It's time that we begin to go out to this world and lay hands on the sick. What is this weekend about? This weekend is not about a nice message. This weekend is not about some formula, but it's God pouring out the new thing that he's doing in the earth. I don't want to miss the move of God. I don't want to miss what God is saying. I'm tired of the old. I'm ready for the new. Is anything changing with the gospel? Absolutely not. His word will never change. But I'm telling you, the way that we're presenting it to the world has to change. The world is not just looking for people 
people that go to church once a week. They want to see people with healthy marriages. Let me say that one more time. They want to see people with healthy marriages. They want to see people that walk in supernatural power. They want to see people that walk clean from alcohol, clean from drugs, clean from cigarettes, where they could look at you and say, if God could do it for you, then God could do it for me, that I am a prophetic sign to the culture of what God can do. Like if you ever watch TV, every commercial, we have this new diet pill and this new diet plan and every, you know, food all on Instagram. It's all about fitness now. It's all about being healthy and eating healthy. And all you see on there is the before and after, all these fitness challenges. And they go look at him before. He weighed, you know, 190 pounds and after weighs 120. And if you eat this product, if you take this pill, if you drink this thing, if you buy this weight loss, then this is what you could be. You could look at the before and look at the after what sells these products. I mean, I look at these products. I'm like, they're so stupid. I mean, who would even buy the pill? But the reason why they sell millions of dollars for the pill is not because of the pill. It's because the people selling it, they know how to sell it. It's the transformation. They see the before and they see the after. And the world is attracted to transformation. The reason why the world is not buying what we're trying to sell is because our before and after don't look any different. Our life before we got saved doesn't look any different than our life after we got saved. If you think salvation is just praying a prayer and Jesus sprinkling a little little bit of Sunday morning on you, you are sadly mistaken. He is inviting you into a lifestyle. There's a reason why my shirt says revival lifestyle. I'm not plugging the merch. I'm plugging the kingdom because our God is a daily God. He says, I want you to serve me every day. I want you to pray every day. I want you to know me every day. I want you to experience me every day. Imagine if you encountered God every day. Imagine what your marriage would look like if you encountered God every day. Imagine what your family would look like if you encountered God every day. Me and my wife have never, ever argued in prayer. Come on, help me preach, brother. Has anybody ever argued with their wife while they're praying? Has anybody ever yelled at their kids while they're praying? No. Why? Because the spiritual, when I get spiritual, and when I begin to engage in spiritual things, all these other things I'm arguing about, all these other things I'm dealing with begin to fade. In fact, all the things that you are stressed out about, I'm getting ready to come to a close in about five minutes, all the things you're anxious about are all the things Jesus said do not be anxious about. He said, don't worry about what you wear. Don't worry about what you drive. Don't worry about where you're going to get finances or food. And we need to begin to look at stress, anxiety, and worry as a sin. He says, do not worry about tomorrow. See, here's the problem. We have an entire church that is anxious and stressed out because they are worried about things that have never even happened. Here's why Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Because when you begin to worry about tomorrow, not only do you have to worry about the problems you're dealing with today, but you have to worry about things that have never even happened yet. And then you begin to find your security in your job. You find security in your finances. You find security in how you look. And worship always follows security. You will worship whatever makes you feel secure. So if money is what makes you feel secure, that's what you'll worship. If your looks are what make you feel secure, that's what you'll worship. But I only have one security. My hope is only found in one place. And that is in Jesus Christ alone. He's my source. He's my provider. All things are found in him. If you find him, you'll find everything else.
If I find him, I find my breakthrough. If I find him, I find my healing. So what's our job in service as I'm getting ready to close? What's our job in these conferences? What's our job in these altar calls? What's our job during worship as my brother and my sister are singing so amazingly? What's our job? Our job, every time I promise you this will change your life if you catch this tonight. Our job in worship, our job in praise, our job in altar calls, our job as bishops preaching is to find God. Every time I'm in praise, I'm searching. Every time I'm worshiping, I'm searching. During the preaching, I'm searching. I'm looking. I'm always looking. Our God loves to be sought after. He loves to be chased and he loves to hide and he's wondering tonight, is there a people that would seek me? Is there a people that would search for me? Is there a hunger in you saying, I'm tired of staying in my seat. I'm tired of not changing. I'm tired of not having a daily relationship. The Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. The bread of God is not weekly, it's daily. He told the children of Israel gather bread. How often? Every single day because the manna from yesterday can't provide for the revelation and the move that God wants to do today. When the ravens came to feed Elijah, how much food did the ravens bring him one day's worth? Our God is a daily God. Our God is not a Sunday God or a weekly God or a religious God, but our God wants you every day to seek him. He wants you every day to know him. Real revival is when it goes from being once a week to every single day. Paul said, I die. How often should I die, Matt? Daily. Why? Because I know that if three days go by where I don't die, if four days go, the old Isaiah begins to pop up. The old Isaiah begins to manifest. And God will allow us to be shook. He'll, he'll allow people to talk about us. He'll allow trials to come to see if the old man's going to come out. But it does not matter how much you talk about me. It does not matter what you say about me. It does not matter what you think because the old man has died. The old Isaiah does not want a microphone. The old Isaiah wants to hide in the sound booth. But it is no longer I that live. It is Christ living on the inside of me. I have let God possess me and hijack me. I have let the Spirit of God live on the inside of me. Friend, He wants to live on the inside of you. He wants to go everywhere that you go. He wants to talk about Himself at work. He wants to show Himself strong. In fact, Ezra said that God is looking for somebody tonight that He could show off through. He's looking for somebody tonight to show Himself strong on their behalf. He's looking for those that are committed and he's looking for those that are loyal. There's really only two groups. Those that are going to say, yes, God, we want your new outpouring or those that say, I'm fine where I'm at. Fine where I'm at. I'm too busy with my job, like they said in Luke 14. I'm too busy with my school. And mind you, friend, it was not sin that held them back for revival. It was not their cars. It was not their, I mean, it was not their uh, pornography. It was not their worldly music, their worldly movies. It was not alcohol. It was not drugs. It was not for, uh, fornication. What held them back was good things. It was getting married. It was buying a car. It was having a nice house. It was the American dream that caused them to not accept the invitation. You got to understand that the good things will always get in the way of the God things. And I'm asking God tonight, saying, God, I don't want a normal service any longer. Tonight, I'm coming to the altar, and I'm expecting something new. I'm expecting a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm expecting a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. I'm expecting, I'm telling you from this week, I caught a fire that I've never had. I caught a passion that I've never had. I felt that there is something stirring in the spirit realm, even tonight, that God is getting ready to release blessings and gifts and favor. And all God is saying about 
if I could get the worship team up, all God is saying is, who wants the more of me? Who wants the fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Who wants to do what they've never done? Who's tired of seeing no miracles? I'm telling you, our God is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our shout. Why do we respond? Why do we sacrifice? Because he is worthy of it all. He is worthy of my energy. He is worthy of my time. He is worthy of my effort. He is worthy of my finances. Why am I giving? Because he is worthy of it. I'm not giving to a man. I'm giving to the kingdom of God. And he's more worthy than my Netflix subscription. He's more worthy than my Starbucks addiction. He's more worthy than my new flat screen. He is worthy of it all. I'm giving him it all. All of it. All of it. I love what David said. He said, I'll praise you with all of me. All of me. I'm tired of giving God a part of me when he gave me all of him. I want to give it all. I want to be so radical. I want to be so different this next year where people don't recognize me. I mean, I know people everywhere I go, I get it. Listen, I'm not into false humility. I'm not one of those guys, Bishop, that's like, oh, it's not me. It's all God, brother. I don't do false humility. I understand I've been obedient. I understand that God uses people. But I'm telling you, I want to get to a place with the fire and the anointing of God where I walk in such holiness, such a presence of God, where he walks by me like a friend. I'm talking about the way he walked with Enoch. I'm talking about the way that he walked with the disciples. I want to know him every single day. I've been praising God. I want to know you every day. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your word. I want to spend time in the secret place. I want to spend time in your word. I want to get to know you. I want to spend time in your presence. How do I become like you? By spending time with you. The only way you become like a person is by spending time with that person. God, I don't want to be like the people I work with. I want to be like you. I don't want to be like the shows that I watch. I want to be like you. I don't want to be like the pastors I hang out with. I want to be like you. I want Jesus to be manifest in my life. I want the world to see me and see him. I want your power. I want your presence. I lay everything down that gets in the way. I am saying yes to the new wineskin. Bible says I don't put a new patch on old clothing. It'll rip the old clothing. God's not trying to rip you. God's not trying to destroy you. God's not trying to break you. God's trying to pour out something new in you. And he knows the old mindset. He can't pour out the new wine. So tonight, here's what we're doing. We're crucifying that religious mindset. I have tons of religion in me still. There's days where I'm praying and then a pastor or a guest speaker that I really look up to walks by and I start praying these elaborate prayers and God goes, come on, Isaiah, really? That's not how you pray. You're just doing that to put on a show. You're just doing that to put on a front. That's called religion. You're worried about what man thinks, not what I think. And I'm going, God, would you remove these religious things in my my life that are preventing me from the move of your Holy Spirit. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's movies. I want to be empowered to be a witness. I'm not sitting here going, how much can I get away with and still be a part of the church? I'm saying, God, I want to get rid of everything in my life that is quenching your Holy Spirit. I want to get rid of everything in my life that is quenching your fire. And tonight, I want to experience your power. I don't need to wait for someone to lay hands on me, friend. I got saved nine years ago. I had the most radical encounter I've ever had the night I got saved. And not one person prayed for me. Not one person laid hands on me. God is pouring out a new wine. It's not a man. The days of waiting on a man to lay hands on us are over. The days of following a superstar evangelist are over. The days of needing entertainment are over. We're coming to an hour and I prophesy over this house where his presence is going to be our entertainment. His presence is going to be what we're excited about. His presence is going to be what's leading us. I didn't come just to hear a man. I came to hear the man. I thank God that God uses men to speak. But 
But tonight, I need God to change me. I need God to touch me. I need God to do a new thing. Come on, are you with me? Let's give him a shout of praise tonight. Would you welcome up your bishop as we take up an offering? Would you welcome up bishop tonight? Amen. Have you been blessed by the word tonight? This is so powerful. It's so powerful. I believe today is the start of something new in your life. Are you ready for it? Because there's a moment that God wants to move, but that moment needs to become a movement. And if you allow God to take this moment and turn it into a movement, your life will never be the same. You know, often we worship God and we don't often equate worship with giving. And so we're going to worship God with our giving at this time as we express our love towards God. And my appeal tonight is for those who are faithful stewards and kingdom builders, those who want to invest in the work of God in the earth. And it's interesting how Jesus in his ministry talked more about money than he did heaven or hell because he knew that money had a grip on people like nothing else. Jesus said you either serve God or money. Money is always competing for our love, affection, and our security. But we want to do something significant with our money tonight, with our finances, as we prepare to give. And this weekend, we're looking at a goal of reaching about $8,000 to cover all the expenses of this meeting, above and beyond the regular giving of this church. And so we invite you to be part of that. And I believe, and you've heard me say this before, when everyone does their part, every need is met. And there's different ways you can give, which you see on the slide behind me, or now in front of me. You can either text, you can do it in person through the uh, offering envelope in the seat pocket, or you can do it through the app. We have a church app that you can download, Refuge Official, or you can do it online. But we want to give you an opportunity to honor God in your giving tonight. Let's take a moment as we pray, as we prepare our hearts, as we prepare our offerings to give to the Lord and worship Him in this manner. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for an opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God. And as we sow our seeds tonight, Father, we thank you that you are able to multiply what is sown. We do this, Father, out of obedience. We do this out of love and a commitment to see your kingdom expand, to see the kingdom of God gain influence in this 715 region. Father, that households, cities, communities would be impacted and reached as a result, Father, of the word of God that's going forth and the voice of your people as they speak truth, as they lay hands on the sick, as they minister the gospel in the places they go. In Jesus' name, Lord God, we give you praise. We offer to you our gift tonight, our seed of finance. In Jesus' name, amen. The host at this time will pass the baskets. If you need more time to write out a check or whatever, just take that time. And But I'm going to invite Isaiah back as, as he ministers to us. He's going to direct us in the next and what you need to do now in this moment.
Jesus. So I'm going to ask you, once the basket is passed, you could stand to your feet once it's past you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing a new thing, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're stirring a fresh fire in us, God. Lord, you're stirring a fresh hunger, God. Even me, Lord, I live seven services this week, God, but there's a fresh hunger in me tonight. God, there's a, there's a response in me tonight to say, yes, I want all that you have. I want this new wine, which represents the moving of your Holy Spirit. God, I want your power. I want your presence. I want relationship like I've never had. That Jesus tonight is all about you. It's not what you can do for me, but it's what you can do through me. That God, you are longing to move through this house, God. You are longing to awaken your people. That there are many of us, God, that have fallen back to sleep, God. There are many of us, Lord, that have lost our passion, that have lost our flame but your word says that although a righteous man falls seven times he rises again and God there are many tonight that are going to rise again I want to challenge you if you're in this place and you say Isaiah I want that new wineskin I want to be that new wineskin I don't want to miss the move of God I don't want to miss what God is saying I don't want to miss what God is doing I want you right now come out of your chair if that's you you say I want a fresh touch come on I'm not waiting for someone to lay hands on me I'm not waiting if my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my cousin or my uncle or my husband been coming. You come out of your chair right now and you say, Isaiah, I want that. I'm hungry for more of you. This should honestly be all of us. I mean, I don't understand why. Why would I sit back when God says, I want to pour out something new in you. I'm just tired of playing church. I'm tired of playing religion. Tonight, I need a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. Tonight, I need to be rejuvenated. I need your power, your presence. There are some of you, maybe you're in rehab. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you've come off of an addiction, but tonight God says, I'm going to remove every with draw. I'm going to remove every memory. I'm telling you, I drink every single day. I was an alcoholic. And nine years ago, the, the power of God broke me free. And I've not even thought about it. I've never sipped it. None of it ever since. And tonight, there is power over pornography addiction. There is power over alcohol addiction. There is power over cigarette addiction. There is power over addiction to tobacco. Right now, there is power. Let's just begin to ask him right now. God, begin to touch us. Come on, begin to cry out. Come on, begin to ask him in your own way. We got to get vocal. Come on, we got to get vocal. Come on, begin to ask him in your own way. God, you are worthy tonight. You are worthy of our praise. I'm going I'm to invite Bishop up in just a minute to lead some of us new ones into our prayer. But some of you that have lost your flame, you need to come up here. This is just you being obedient, saying, God, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. I'm coming to the altar, and I'm bringing a sacrifice. I'm not walking out the same. I'm not walking out the way that I was. I'm walking out changed by your power. I didn't come all this way just to have a nice service, but God, I came to experience you. I came to encounter your presence. I'm not walking out the same. I'm not walking out those doors the same. Come on, you come out of your chair. Some of the prayer team is going to begin to minister. Me and Matt are going to begin to lay hands on those. Please don't wait for us. Please don't line up. Just keep your eyes closed and let God move. We're going to invite Bishop up to pray. Pray a quick prayer over us. Come on, let's keep our eyes closed tonight. Let's go after God tonight. You may have gone to church all your life. And you may only have a religion, but you need a relationship. Maybe you haven't gone to church. Maybe you haven't really known God. And God is appealing to you tonight to open your heart to him, to receive him, to receive Jesus as the Lord of your life, to allow him to take control and be all that he wants to be in you. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't know that my life is right with God. If you were to die tonight, you're uncertain whether you'd go to heaven or hell. But you can be certain that you're going to heaven when you make 
peace with God, when you get your life right with him, and that, that occurs when we surrender ourselves to him. The scripture says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Jesus is the means and the way to salvation. The scripture says in Acts 4.12, there's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I don't know that my life is right with God. I'm ready to commit my heart and life to him. Lift your hand. Maybe you've drifted and you're coming back home tonight. Okay, I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you for your boldness in raising those hands. I'm going to lead you in the prayer. You can put your hands down. Thank you. I call this a believer's prayer. It's a prayer we pray when we put our faith in Jesus, when we believe him to become the Lord of our life. And everyone can pray this prayer together that wants to, that needs to. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you. I believe that you sent Jesus Christ to this earth to be my Savior. He's the one who died for me. He's the one who was raised from the dead to give me life. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, I choose you because you've chosen me. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I receive you now. Forgive me of my sins and make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer sincerely for the first time, or if you prayed that prayer to renew your life to Christ, the scripture says, if any man, if, he, if any woman is in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.